BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the morning toast. Happy Thursday. Happy Friday Eve. Hey, good morning, everyone. So sorry that yet again, Jackie and I are back on podcast only. It's just the world we're living in, you know. I was I found mm-hmm. out yesterday that one of my very good friends who I recently saw tested positive for COVID, so I thought it would just be the smart thing to, like, stay home and hunker down for a few days. So today's episode yeah. and tomorrow's episode are going to be podcast only. I was really happy to be back in the studio, so I'm really sad about that, and I'm sorry to all the YouTube listeners and viewers and watchers, but we'll be back on Monday just trying to I know. stay safe. It's so sad. We finally got our YouTube on point. Like, we're back going strong. Mm-hmm. And now we're back in the queue for and then a, a few little days. Rachel just had to go and fuck it up. Thanks, Rachel. Thanks, Rachel. You're the best. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No. It's just Honestly, what's happening I don't now. Mind, like, I don't mind podcasting from home right now because it's nice not to have to put on makeup. Yeah. And due to the cleanse life, like, it's it's actually really nice to be able to work from home. So I'm not complaining, honestly. And today's episode, we recorded a really fabulous interview with Deandra Simmons yesterday via podcast. So it's just going to be one long podcast. The interview with Deandra is going to be at the end of this episode. And she was just truly everything of the sort. No, I love her so much on the show. And I loved her even more on the episode. And the fact that it was over Zoom and she just like exudes energy and like fabulosity. Yeah. It really came through. So that was really exciting to have her on the show for the first time. She radiated queen energy, which is not an easy thing to do over an interface like Zoom. Right. Even if you're a queen, like it's hard for queens. So very exciting. Dallas fans, stay tuned for that. We have a lot of housewives chatter today because we're going to recap OC. I caught up on all of the episodes and I have opinions. We're going to recap Salt Lake City And we're going to talk about, in the stories, the New Jersey trailer that just dropped that looks like the trailer of all trailers. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's starting to feel overwhelming again with, like, all this content on my plate. But I'm doing my absolute best to keep up. And I I did watch OC and Salt Lake City last night. Um, So I'm all caught up. But now with with OC coming, it's just a lot. I mean, sorry, Jersey, Jersey. Yeah. I mean, it's always a lot, but when one, when one housewives ends, so like OC is ending, so that's when Jersey will come up and I will take Jersey over OC any day. Me as well. Um, I will take literally like, um, the shit on my shoe over OC these days. I mean, it's the same thing. Oh, <laughs> burn. Shots fired. Um, yeah. So we've got a really great show. We have some great stories and... Yeah, I'm on day eight of the cleanse, and I'm really upset because next time you see me, you guys, like in studio, I'll be done with my cleanse. So I'm well, never going to have that. That's exciting for everyone. It is exciting for everyone, but I'm not going to have that moment. Oh, and by the way, we'll be back in studio on Tuesday because Monday is MLK Day. And oh, right. We are off. Apologies. So you guys will see me on Tuesday. I feel like the whites of my eyes will have dimmed by then because I'll be back on my toxins. But. It's exciting to know that the next time I have to go to the studio, like, I'll be able to have a coffee with me. That is exciting for you. Yeah. Um, if I may just tap in with three uh, really quick housekeeping announcements. The fir- mm-hmm. And they all have to do with my book. Sorry, you guys. The first is that I'm doing a virtual signing um, with The Strand, which is an amazing local bookstore here in New York. And uh, 200 signed copies are available, and it's included with your ticket. So if you want to get a signed copy, I believe um, most of them have been bought. But I do know that there are still some left. So all the information is on my Instagram. The second thing is that all week I've been recording amazing podcasts to do you know, press and promo for my 
uh, book. And I just want to let everyone know that I'm on Juicy Scoop, which I believe comes out today. I'm on Off the Vine with Caitlin Bristow, which was so much fun. I'm also on Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. We recorded it yesterday, and it's coming out on Wednesday. And I have to say, like, it is hands down the best interview I've ever done. Like, I just need everyone. To, really? It was so, she's so smart. Like, and it's so mental health focused. And like, I literally felt like I was in therapy. And after her interview, I took a shower and I was in the best mood. It was like literally going to therapy. It was cathartic. Yes, it was cathartic. So I'm on all these wow, podcasts. I'm going to listen to it. I'm really excited. Yeah, it was really, really fun. So I just wanted to give everyone a heads up that I'm on all these shows and I had such a great time. And check it out if you want to. Love it. Okay, well, that's very exciting. Some extra content. Speaking of extra content, if you want more from me, head over to the Redheads. We have a new episode out. And our next book uh, was just announced. It is How to Fail at Flirting by Denise Williams. And it is in the chick lit chick lit genre which is my favorite genre but I haven't read like a romance book in a while and I've heard really great things about the book so I am so excited plus we're also going to be doing an episode about girl with no job so it all comes back to the book and that's why you should get it speaking of I have a confession oh you know I'm still in possession of your kindle okay and your kindle is fine it's fine what'd you do but it's been on What'd my nightstand since, you know, you gave it to me. And yesterday, um, me and Ben ordered Tasty Delight. And we did have a Tasty Delight incident with the Kindle. And the Kindle is totally fine. But the case does have a small stain on it. So you just have to get me a new Kindle in case. That's fine. I don't need to get you a new Kindle. That's fine. It's I'll get nothing, you a new case. It's nothing you can't solve. You know, I agree. A new case is... On the, on and the way. Kindle, because I know that the ice cream seeped into it. It I did. Know it. it didn't, I swear. I just, like, that is just so rude. Just No, I, at least I told taking you. My things, taking my things for granted. No, at least I told you I could have lied and said it was you. Like, I got, when you gave it to me, it had the stain. Sure. That's so speaking something of, I would do. Speaking of Kindle, I actually just started a new book last night because I have all this free time on my hands right now and I've been watching a lot of cooking channel, but I've just been like trying to fill it with TV and it's not happening. So I started the boys club and I just, I am feeling really good about this choice. I'm only 10% in, but so far it's so good. It's so good to feel good about your choices. No, I'm back on my reading grind and I feel like it's a really great way to pass the time because right now all I have is time. Yeah. Just like waiting for this cleanse to be over. Like I can't go here. Like I can't like. Just and go. not that there's anywhere to go. We're also like, New York is pretty much in like, not a mandatory lockdown, but everyone is pretty much locking themselves down. For sure. But like, once this cleanse is over, like, I'm going to be filling my time with making recipes from um, Ina Garten's cookbook. And I'm so excited. Yesterday, I ordered all of her good ingredients. I got the ingredients to make her arbiata sauce. Mm. And I'm so excited. So like, if I wasn't cleansing, I'd be doing that. There's just other things to do when you can eat solid foods. I also think it's so crazy that like all these chefs spend so much time like perfecting their pasta dishes when, you know, grocery store like canned tomato sauce is literally like crack. It's the best shit ever. I find it shocking that they waste their time with with that nonsense. Well, no, I like Rayos. I don't think canned tomato sauce is, is so not great. Not canned, but I sorry, li- jarred. Jarred, yeah, like Rayos, which I love. But I'm not going to lie, when I start to have pasta a lot and I have Rayos every night, like I do kind of get sick of it and I do am like, what's next? Like what's the next step? I'm looking for more flavors. So I'm really excited. Like I'm literally going to be making my own sauce, which is just a level of quarantine I never thought I would get to. Yeah, but that's here pretty wild. No, I'm really excited about it. Like, it calls for three whole garlic bulbs. Bulbs? Bulbs, I think. Bulbs. That's that's wild. I mean, also, when it comes to chefs, I just have so much respect for them. You know, Ben's dad is a chef. But I also think it's crazy that they think they can compete with, like, McDonald's, you know? (laughs) I know you do. Like, to me, there's no food more delicious and unbelievable than, like, McDonald's. I'm sure this exists, and I'm pretty sure it's Sbarro, but there needs to be, like, fast food Italian, like, pasta. Because yeah. sometimes I'm not in the mood for a French fries, but I want pasta. And No, it's Sbarro, but Sbarro is from, regional. Yeah, like, there's no... I can't order... So I don't have fast food Italian, which is why I have to make it myself. For everything else, I'll be going to McDonald's. Do they sell, um, like, spaghetti and stuff at Domino's? I don't think so. Or Pizza Hut? I don't think so. No, that's a good point. I don't think so. They should. I mean, honestly, that like garlic spaghetti from Sbarro is so fucking good. And like no matter where you have it, the airport, the mall, Times Square, like no matter how much filth it is surrounded by, it is so good. Yeah. 
I'll have to make a garlic spaghetti too. You should come over sometime. I'll cook for you. You know what I should? If you make me, if you can look up the Sabaro recipe and like remake it in like a very culinary way, I will totally come over after my uh, brief stint in quarantine. Okay, that's fine. Next week, because by the time you're done quarantining, I'll be finished with my cleanse and we can do all of these fun things. Well, our schedules are really just syncing up. They are syncing up. It's almost like I planned it. (laughs) (laughs) LOL. Well, let's get into it because we have a great show for you guys today and lots of news, lots of things happening, happenings around the world. Yes. So without further ado, it is time for the Fast Five Stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. And today's episode is brought to you by our Patreon channel, patreon.com slash toast. What is Patreon, you ask? It is our subscription service. So if you head over to that website, you can pay $7.99 a month to get five extra episodes from Jackie and I. You know, the Morning Toast on YouTube and all the podcast platforms is totally free. So if you're looking to pay for some content, which is a great way to support your local creators and get amazing behind-the-scenes content, vlogs, videos, podcast episodes from Jackie and I, head over to patreon.com slash toast. Once you become a member, not only do you get to enjoy premium content from the last like two years, you also get entry into our last remaining Facebook group and also the best one, The Toast After Dark. Make sure to check it out at patreon.com slash toast. Love it. Sign on, get premium content from your local favorite creators. Tell them Jackie and Claude sent you. <laughs> okay, first story, a little update from yesterday's news. Army Hammer will step away from Jennifer Lopez movie amid DM scandal. So Army Hammer has spoken and he's exiting his upcoming movie called Shotgun Wedding. Page Six has confirmed amid a brewing scandal involving alleged leaked messages from the star about his sex life. He said, quote, I'm not responding to these bullshit claims, but in light of the vicious and spurious online attacks against me, I cannot in good conscience now leave my children for four months to shoot a film in the Dominican Republic. Lionsgate is supporting me in this and I'm grateful to them for that. Not Army Hammer making himself the victim, right? That's what it sounds <laughs> no. like. No, I no, must be no. mistaken. My ears have oh, deceived no. me. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, wow, what a narcissist. Also, like, let's be real. We know you got fired. And it was very... You think so? 100%. I don't know who would want to be associated. And it was very generous of Lionsgate to let him say that he's stepping away. Wow, I didn't even think of it like that. I was just... Like, trying to understand the real reason he was stepping away. Because if these rumors are bullshit, vicious, and spurious, then who cares? It's just, like, this crazy rumor conspiracy about a celebrity. These sort of things happen often. And, like, I don't think the celebrities, like, cancel their upcoming projects over them. No, I mean, Army Hammer is, like, truly gaslighting the shit out of us in this response. And it was such a short response, but filled with so much, like, manipulation. No, I totally agree. Because he's trying to make you feel like... It's one of those things, you know, like Avril Lavigne, like yeah. that Avril Lavigne conspiracy Died. where it's just like, yeah. So, but if it is that, like, why can't you still go to work? Yeah. I mean, I guess he's Unless trying to say true. because the movie films in the Dominican that he, you know, really shouldn't be away from his family right now. But honestly, after reading those messages, I think he definitely should be away from his family, away <laughs> from those young children. And maybe like uh, a foreign island is the best place for him right now. Yeah. To just, like, gather some and find some inner peace. Or maybe he's just, like, embarrassed and doesn't want to be on set with J-Lo. Oh. I'm sure she's seen this. So this is what my first thought when this whole thing happened. And I'm like, well, J-Lo obviously probably got, like, a memo via email that, like, just this, you know, one of her upcoming projects, this blonde guy is going to be another blonde guy. Like, I don't think she really, like, was keeping up with it. But I wonder if any of her, like, assistants are letting her know on the T because she definitely would find this interesting. And I'm just curious, like... What is J-Lo's involvement in in the sense of, like, what does she know? Yeah. Well, by the way, this movie is sounding good. It's filmed uh, by the director of Pitch Perfect, Jason Moore. Mm. Ryan Reynolds was previously meant to play Army Hammer's role, Mm. and he's an executive producer on the film, which follows a couple with cold feet whose destination wedding is taken hostage. It will be sold on Amazon Prime. Okay, it doesn't sound like my type of movie, and I have to say, absolutely no disrespect to the queen that is Jennifer Lopez. Like, I could go on and on about her accolades, but of those accolades, I would not include choosing good movies to act in. After Selena, I don't know of a—actually, Monster-in-Law was decent, but that was literally 10 years ago. Like, all the movies, like that Boy Next Door movie, she just acts in, like, fake movies. That one with Vanessa Hudgens, like, it's all just, like, 
it's like low budget trash, which is crazy because J-Lo is not low budget. So I think when it comes to her career, like music, everything she does is so sickening. Her new a skincare line, she has the shoe line, but the acting and the choice of roles is very is subpar. I said it. I completely agree, except she is in one of your favorite movies, What to Expect When You're Expecting. That is, what? That is not my you favorite talk movie. About that, you talk about that movie all the time. No, you're getting confused. I talk about Something Borrowed all the time because I think that's no. a masterpiece. You I literally never talk never about spoken. What to Expect. First You've of all, I would never talk about that movie because Matthew Morrison is in that movie, so I don't know why you would bring that up right now, first of all. Second of all, I've literally <laughs> maybe seen that movie from start to finish one time because they played it on a, I don't fuck with no, that movie. You always talk about, like, the Elizabeth Banks pregnancy okay. versus yes. the Brooklyn Decker. Yeah, no, I definitely do that shit. Sorry, you're 100% right. <laughs> okay, thank you. No, because um, I just talk about how, like, you know, Brooklyn Decker, like, farts and then accidentally gives birth to twins. And it's just, like, that's the epitome of the girl I will never be. Like, I will always be the Elizabeth Banks girl. Right, and that's literally always what you say, like, what, anytime something comes up that it might relate to. You know, I'm glad you brought that up, um, but it is worth mentioning. I don't think I've ever seen that movie, like, in completion. I, I feel you, especially, like, I just see it bits and pieces when it's on E and I'm waiting for the Kardashians. 100%. <laughs> um, no, but this movie, like, does sound sort of legit because up until three days ago, Army Hammer was, like, a well-respected actor. That's true. And if J-Lo was going to be starring alongside him... It sounds legitimate. And so is Ryan Reynolds. So if he was going to be in the yeah. part. And it'll be interesting to see who they recast because now they are recasting the role. Now now I feel like the movie's cursed because they're on their third recast for the same part. You know, it's like the high school musical, the musical, the series where like four different people played Troy in the second act. Yeah, that's so true. That's exactly what this is. Speaking of a little update, do you know that Joshua Bassett's song comes out today? It's called Lies, 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 3 p.m. Pacific time. There's a music video and I will be watching it and discussing tomorrow. Okay, interesting. Let me know. Let me know if it's good. And maybe I'll check it out. So, But did but you see not. they projected that Olivia Rodrigo's song Driver's License is going to be number one billboard? Like, that's crazy. That is crazy, but it's worthy. A hundred percent. But that's taking like an internet song into like the real world, which is wild. Yeah. Okay, well, that's the latest on ARMY. We'll keep you posted. Oh my God, now you're going to have to change the name of your... My arm. Of your arm. Well, the thing is, is that I only referred to my arm as Army Hammer when my arm was skinny. And uh, my arm isn't skinny anymore, so we don't have that problem. And that's a reason to never lose weight. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Okay, next story. The new season of Real Housewives of New Jersey takes on cheating allegations. The new trailer for Rahonj dropped yesterday and it looks so good a lot of cheating allegations margaret joseph says in the trailer everyone's marriage can look absolutely perfect on the outside but guess what things aren't always what they seem dolores chimes in that anyone can be a cheater it's unclear whom exactly the ladies are referring to the the camera pans to jackie goldschneider and her husband as Teresa discusses rumors that one of their spouses quote goes to the gym and screws around Ooh. Yeah, my take on this was that Teresa starts a rumor about Jackie's husband. But then also, Teresa says in the trailer that last night the owner of the restaurant asked Melissa for her number and they've been texting all day. And I think there's trouble in the Gorga household. Well, they also sold their house and like won't tell anyone where they're going. And like Melissa's always said she wants to move to L.A. And she said that on our podcast like two years ago and the house has been on the market forever and it's never sold. And I guess because of quarantine, like so many people moving out of the city to New Jersey, like it finally sold. But I want to know A, where are they going? And B, I do think there's something going on with Melissa in her personal life that will be revealed in this season because I'm confused. You do? I was about to say the opposite that like they, you know, maybe quarantine was rough for them as a couple, but they are OTP and there's nothing that could come between them, not even the restaurant owner. I don't know, like OTP quarantine can can really affect otp just check on your local otp is what i'm saying yeah i hear you but that's really interesting that would be a really crazy shakeup if it is a disruption to the gorgas because they are so steadfast and there looks to be like a major blow up between Teresa, melissa and joe gorga like 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 five seasons ago style well you know what those were the good old days and i've dealt with enough of shitty seasons of real housewives of new jersey that if joe gorga doesn't like run into another short man i'm gonna be upset yeah no totally so it honestly looks like a really great season i didn't get when it's it premieres february 17th so that's something that we have to look forward to 
Okay, that is something we have to look forward to. I love the ladies of Jersey, like, all individually. I just think that for a while the franchise has not been – I mean, it's it was – it was like the peak drama on like soap between soap operas, like all scripted television. Like it was the peak drama on television for so long. And I just feel like they've fallen really far. And I really like the group of women that they have. Um, even though I don't love Jackie Goldschneider, um, she's a great addition. I love Jennifer Aiden, even though she's also so nuts. So it's a good group. And I think that they can make it work. Yeah, I think it's a great group, and this looks to be, like, a really good season. So and, I have I have full faith. And one of my favorite parts of last season was just, like, any scenes that the husbands were in. And since so much of the drama is centered around, like, infidelity, I have a feeling we'll be seeing a lot of the boyfriends and husbands, which is very exciting. Yeah, the trailer looked like there was a lot of husbands, and I'm extremely here for that. Me too. Okay, next stories. Really shocking news. Anne Hathaway says she wants to be called anything but her own name. So Anne Hathaway decided to spill the tea on Jimmy Fallon on January 12th. She revealed that throughout her career, fans have harmlessly called her Anne, not realizing there's only one person in real life that actually calls her that. She said, the only person who ever calls me Anne is my mother, and she only does it when she's really mad at me, like really mad. So every time I step out in public and someone calls my name, I think they're going to yell at me. She, everybody, she says, calls her Annie. Like everyone in her life calls her Annie, and that's her name. But she said the the reason why this happened is when she was filming a commercial at 14, she had to get her official SAG card for the Screen right. Actors Guild. And they asked her, what do you want her, your name to be? And she was like, well, it should be my name. My name's Anne Hathaway. So it seemed like the right choice at the time, but it sort of cemented the fact that for the rest of her career, people would call her Anne Hathaway when everybody calls her Annie. Well, you know, there's two things to discuss here. Maybe if she had given that SAG person Annie Hathaway, she wouldn't have become as famous. Like, honestly, Anne Hathaway is a very elegant name. Annie Hathaway takes it down a notch. I'm just saying. Second of all, Hmm. this is like you if you were in SAG and they they called you Jacqueline Ashray. And then from here on out, everyone called you Jacqueline when nobody calls you Jacqueline, like not your family, nobody. Yeah, that's so interesting because I I have the exact same thought. Like I would put down my whole name and then I get stuck like this and I'd try to be like, no, it's Jackie. Right. Um, But it might... I kind of like the idea, I'm sure she doesn't see it this way, of like having a separation between your public life and your private life. Like, it's not a stage name, it is your name, but like you're a different persona when you're in the public. And then when you're private, like, you know, your real ones call you by your real name, you know? Yeah. And I also think that if I did, if I was part of the SAG and, ever, and I was big and famous Oscar winner and everyone was calling me Jacqueline, I feel like you would say the exact same thing. Yes. If you were talking about me that like Jacqueline is such an elevated name and like Jackie is like a step down. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I don't think this is a bad thing. And I agree that having like a separation between your public persona and your private persona is probably really nice. And then, you know, anyone who calls you Anne is like not your real friend. Yeah, but she wants people to call her Annie. Like, she does not enjoy the fact that fans call her Anne. So I think she's trying to make this, the switch. I mean, it's I, way it too little, late. It's, it's a little late for that. But I just th- thought that was really interesting. <laughs> Maybe I'll start to call her Annie, like an old friend. Annie. I mean, Annie is just the redheaded young child. Like, for sure. So unless she wants to dye her hair red, it's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next up, we have to talk about a ship that is coming in, you guys. Trevor Noah and Minka Kelly are making plans for a future together as he buys a $27.5 million mansion. That house is sickening. Trevor Noah and Minka Kelly have officially moved in together. The Daily Show host and the Titans actress, who people confirm were an item last August, are still really happy and in love, says a source close to the couple, confirming that Noah purchased a home in L.A. for them to share at the end of the summer. The, the source said they're making plans for a future together, and it's a very stable relationship. They've been spending time between coasts over the last year and had been looking for a place in L.A. as a couple. I mean, I Beautiful. am... Head over heels in love with Minka Kelly. Like, she is just, you know, the Lila Garrity fantasy. Like, she's a queen and she's gorgeous and I love her. And I think this is a great pairing. I think the fact that he just, like, decided to buy a $27 million house for them to share is so generous. And, you know, it's so important to have generosity in your partner. And I think Minka Kelly's found a really good one. Yeah, sharing is caring. A hundred percent. Yeah, the house is located in Bel Air. It's 11,000 square feet, has six bedrooms, 12 bathrooms, and it's three stories with a gym, steam room, wine room, screening room, library, and chef's kitchen. Like, this is making me upset. I just, 
I think it's important to like constantly check in on the on the ships that are going strong yes. that are out at sea and that are setting sail and are prospering. And when I saw this story, I was like, good, not a ship that I have to break down and reuse its parts. Yeah, that's really always upsetting when you have to recycle, you know, the engine and the, you know, <laughs> boat stuff. Yes. Yes, Rope. exactly. Okay. Happy for them. Are you, are you ready for our fifth and final story? It's the fifth and final story. It's a little food news. A little Honestly, food news. Food. This is food news. It sounds delicious. It's, it's catered to me and I think you too. Okay. Because Taco Bell has made a mea culpa to vegetarians. Wow. Potatoes, potatoes are back. That's for you. And it will test Beyond Meat menu items. Taco Bell is getting on the plant-based train. And as someone who has never had Taco Bell in my life, I am so excited to finally try it. I think that um, what a lot of people would be surprised to know about us, and especially me as like such a fan of fast food and just the whole industry in general, um, I've only had Taco Bell one time and I had like chips and guacamole. Like I don't consider that like real Taco Bell because I didn't have a taco. Um, and that's just because we don't really eat out beef. I mean, I, I, don't, I eat out chicken. Jackie doesn't. So I can have chicken nuggets from McDonald's. But that really, honestly, eating chicken has salvaged my relationship with fast food. Because if I was like you and didn't eat chicken, like I don't know what I would do. Totally. And just for those who are probably wondering what that meant, by eating out, we mean like eating non-kosher. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean like eating vagina. That's, that's what phrase. it sounded like. <laughs> no, but like that's the phrase of, do you eat out? Yeah, no. And by the way, I've thought about it before, how it's like very confusing because like in the Jewish community, it's like, do you eat out dairy? Like, because like you're, you're when you say eat out, you mean like eat at restaurants, but eat out also in the modern world means eating vagina. So we will definitely work on changing that. <laughs> Sorry, that's so disrespectful. Okay. okay, here's the here's the meat. The Yum Brands chain is resurrecting its popular potatoes and will test a menu item with a Beyond Meat substitute after last year's menu cuts disappointed its meat-free customers. Yeah. Taco Bell had eliminated eight menu options in two rounds of cuts to help simplify its operations when the coronavirus pandemic resulted in long lines at its drive throughs the exits of the cult favorite Mexican pizza and other items angered vegetarians. Ooh, angry vegetarians. That is a sight for sore eyes. Angry you vegetarians. Want, you do not want those on your hands. Uh, who have fewer fast food options to choose from. Very true. Although the chain said it still had over 30 meat-free ingredients available to them. So I'm really excited about whatever Beyond Meat item they're going to test out. I definitely want to throw my weight behind it, support mm-hmm. it, check it out and taste it because I have never, and then like also have chips and guac and have the whole experience because I've never had Taco Bell. And I think that would be such a fun thing for us to do maybe together. Yeah. I mean, I've never had Taco Bell and it's my understanding that Taco Bell doesn't serve French fries. So, and that wouldn't make sense with their cuisine, but I don't know what's like the side dish at Taco Bell. Nachos. I don't really fuck with nachos. I don't like nachos. And these potatoes. Well, now they're back, but I'm saying, like, of course there was backlash when they got rid of the potatoes. That would be like McDonald's getting rid of french fries. The cheesy fiesta potatoes. That sounds like a fiesta. Yeah, that sounds like something I could definitely get on board with. I just, when it comes to choosing my favorite um, fast food chain, like, Taco Bell has to be one of the last. And that's really sad to me because they are one of the few fast food chains that serve Pepsi products. And I'm, I like Diet Pepsi these days more than I like Diet Coke. So I would love to spend more time at like Pizza Hut and Taco Bell because they serve Pepsi products. But both of those chains are just chains that don't fucking do it for me at all whatsoever, period. Yeah, but maybe, maybe now they will. So if you had to name your top three. And you know what? You love tacos so much. Okay. So the idea of you getting fast food tacos is literally you in an I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. Okay. Yes. I love our tacos that like we made growing up and that I still make for dinner. And what I've learned from TikTok is that they call that white people taco night. Those are like, if you make tacos with shells from the grocery store, seasoning from the grocery store, that is not a real taco. And it's been really upsetting for me to learn that I actually don't like tacos because whatever I'm eating, according to, you know, Mexican culture, that's not real tacos. Like that's not. And I've always thought like when I actually do go to authentic or when I was in Mexico or like an authentic Mexican restaurant, I'm like, these don't taste like like my, you know, um, Ortega shells. Like I was confused. And so now I know. So yes, I do like tacos. I I do love tacos, but it's like the tacos that we grew up with. It's worth mentioning are not real tacos. 
Got it. Okay. Yeah, I guess there's a difference between the tacos we eat at home and like when I go to a restaurant and order tacos that are so different. But I mostly order fish tacos, but yeah. they're still delicious. So I do love tacos, but again, that's the tacos that we eat at home with kosher meat. So like I can't even eat tacos at Taco Bell. Like what would you say if I asked you like your top three favorite fast food chains? Okay. Number one would be McDonald's. Me too. For sure. I have to think because I feel like there are also like some chains. At number two would be Dunkin' Donuts. Ooh, weird. Number two for me would be Whataburger. Oh, maybe three for me would be Whataburger then. And I think three for me cheese. would be Wendy's. Wendy's is good, but now that I can't, like I used to have the chili there growing up before I went kosher and it's so fucking good. They should make vegetarian. I know. Since I can't have it, I just can't even walk through the door. It's yeah. too upsetting. To me, what's really upsetting about Wendy's is that um, a, a little while ago, I think they made like the corporate decision to do like natural cut fries. So the fries have like a little potato skin on them. They're meant to be like light. They're a little thicker cut. And that's just not going to work for me. Like I'm not looking for healthy fries from Wendy's. If I was, like I would not be at Wendy's, you know? So it's really frustrating mm-hmm. that they did that because they really sacrificed the quality of the fry. And I said what I said. I also just want to say that, like, uh, a chain that's really coming up there for me um, in terms of their inclusion of vegetarian items is Burger King. Yeah. We had the Impossible Whopper. Honestly, that might even be in my top three because, like, if I wanted to get a burger on the road, like, the Impossible Whopper is the burger for me. And now they're fully rolled out, like, nationwide because we were in the middle of fucking nowhere, upstate New York, riding around, and the first Burger King we saw had it. Yeah. No, so that's really a game changer. But they're going to have the McPlant soon. They've been saying that for so long. I know. And they might even have it now. But so maybe things will change. But that Impossible Whopper was just That should be your number one or your number two. I know. But like I love, nothing like gets me going like McDonald's fries and a Diet Coke and then a McFlurry for later. I mean, you're telling me. I fucking know. And I think not enough people talk about the Wendy's Frosty. Oh, so delicious. But I do think that the McDonald's McFlurry is superior. Of course. It's not even a competition. Right. Like, so it gets, it gets overlooked. Yeah, of course. I just, like, I'm so hungry right now. We need to talk about something else. No, I totally agree. So let's talk about Real Housewives. Oh, yes. Yeah. Salt Lake City and OC. Let's start with OC. Um, it was the finale. They had this party on the beach. It actually looked, like, cute and fun. And it was pretty much, like, the everyone getting their comeuppance with Bronwyn because she's just been, like, talking in circles around everyone this season and really being kind of inconsistent in her behavior personally with her, like, social behavior. And she's just confusing people. And everyone just took the opportunity at the beach last night to, like, tell her how they felt. Yeah, uh, so I saw something really interesting last night that I think really colors that whole conversation. Shannon went on a show or a podcast and said that it after last her first season, Bronwyn told the women that everything that she did on the show was kind of a lie, like the um, Love Shack condo. They mm-hmm. never had that. She just made it like a thing so that she could get on the show. Something about being an author. like huh. She made up all this stuff to get on the show and... It worked, and then she played that out over the season, and then after the season, she told the women that she made that all up. So for them, I think they're looking at everything that she's doing this season being like, you're making this up for the show. So that explains why Kelly Dodd said, you know, you are only, like, becoming sober for a storyline. Yeah. Oh, oh, I I see. That does make it, because that's a really mean thing to say, so that does, like, give some backstory. I thought that, like, some of the conversations I was waiting for them to have, like, like I'm so glad everyone kind of got on Bronwyn for, like, addressing how fucked up it was that she, like, researched Elizabeth, who's, like, a person they just met. Like, I'm glad that they all kind of took a stand. But then the conversation started to get so fucking stupid. Like, if you don't like Newport, move to Laguna. And it's like, okay, you can hate where you live and still live there. Like, hello, I hate New York and I still live here. Like, it was such a dumb conversation. And that's when they lost me. And I'm like, they're just fighting for the sake of fighting. Yeah, it got it got really out of hand and sideways and everyone was talking over each other. And it's like, where what are even the alliances like? It was so messy. It was really emblematic of the season. It was like someone someone would come at someone else and then that person would go at someone else who would come like people were defending each other. And then like there was just no continuity. There was no continuity. And 
just it it just sums up this season of like everything was like half a storyline and that we don't know where people stand. Yeah, and it's such a short, weird season. Um, the end was nice where like Emily was just kind of like going around saying nice things about everyone. It was just like, I don't know, I have no stake in this game. Like I don't care for anyone. I don't really even dislike anyone that much. I like Emily probably the most. I just like I'm over it. Like I don't laugh when they laugh. I don't cry when they cry. I'm just not connected to these women at all. And honestly, when we were just talking about New Jersey, it's like, For the last few seasons, I felt like they've had a really good group and they're kind of like setting the stage for maybe something like amazing to happen with this with these women. I'm like, honestly, they all have to go. Like, I I don't know one. I I would keep honestly, maybe like Elizabeth Vargas and Emily. Like, that's it. Like, they're just not it at all. I would keep Elizabeth Vargas, Emily, Kelly Dodd, and I think Gina, too. I think that Bronwyn, at this point, it, the problem is, is like, now that we know that she had lied so much about previous stuff, it's like, she's just, you're always going to question what she's doing and her authenticity. Yeah. And like, that's a really bad place to be in for a person. Like, right. you know, to just feel like anything that you say or do, it's just, you never seem genuine because we know yeah. that you I mean everyone has aren't. that friend that like is literally a pathological liar and like you just you you talk to them with the understanding that like you will not believe a single word that comes out of their mouth right. and that's a terrible and place to be in everyone keeps saying that Elizabeth like lies so much I have no idea what they're talking about me neither like she seems like a woman who's been through a lot and is trying to like figure out who she is currently and maybe she's all over the place but like them just like calling her a liar over and over again I'm like where's the lie when she called that musician who's had that phone number for 11 years that was oh my god so fucking funny like I'm sorry that was peak comedy peak housewives like it was like she's being called a liar and she's like wait let me call my famous friend and then calls the guy's like who the hell is this oh my god that was really bad Vince Neil that's who she was trying to call that was really really bad I mean I just really don't even have anything to say in terms of recapping like literally nothing happened in last night's episode yeah, I just I don't think the whole cast needs to go. I do think Bronwyn needs to go. And even Shannon, just her energy, like I've always defended her. I've never she's never even been my favorite. But when she was going through some like she was really going through it. I just felt like she deserved a lot of grace. And now she it's not it. Yeah, no, it's not it at all. So that's my thoughts. I I look forward to the reunion just because I think Andy, like some of these conversations that make no sense, like maybe Andy will make them make sense. Yeah. But beyond that, I'm I'm very happy that this season's over. Me too. Like I'm so glad to not have to watch their just like sad lives. They're sad. They're just in so many different ways are so sad. And then to watch it back to back with Salt Lake City, which is just like peak fabulosity. Everything about Salt Lake City is fabulous. The women are fabulous. There's drama. It's just this, the contrast is so stark. Yeah, Salt Lake City is everything of the sort. Let's let's get into it. It was a really good episode for a multitude of reasons. Obviously, we were all kind of waiting around for this bathtub scene. And when I watched it in full, I kind of had this realization. And and f- of course, Jen is, is good for the show because she's super interesting. She starts a lot of drama. She throws a ton of fights. She's very over the top. She has the four assistants, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, she suffers from like one of the few qualities that are that that can result in the downfall of a housewife. And that's like complete inability to take even like the smallest bit of accountability. Like where, where Whitney is admitting that like she chose the wrong time, but at the end of the day, her intentions were good. Like she shouldn't have said it at Sharif's party, but she was there to be your friend and like, and, and, you know, have your back. And the fact that Jen wanted Whitney to take accountability for Sharif not coming home is so is lunacy like and it's so delusional and it's so frustrating to watch someone fight with someone who's completely like wrong and unable to own her part in anything like nobody made you erupt nobody made you throw the glass nobody made you curse and make a scene like that's not Whitney's fault like you're in control in control of your own physical actions and emotions and the fact that Sharif is annoyed with you is on you and you alone A hundred percent. It's so funny. I had the exact same takeaway from the episode. And I I think that same line that she said to Whitney, like, take responsibility for what you did. And it's like, okay, Whitney is taking responsibility, complete wrong time and place. Like she will, I promise you for however long she's on this show, we will never see her make that mistake again. She has learned. She has learned. I mean, I don't know why she ever thought it was a good idea, but okay. She thought it was a good idea and it wasn't, but 
Sharif is not mad that there was drama at his party and that girls were saying stuff. Right. He is mad that his wife threw a glass and that his wife was so angry. And that so she had to be thrown that, into a pickup truck and taken away from the party. Sure. So if Jen even wants to be like, I'm so mad that you made me so angry, that you got me to that level. Like, but still, it's it's part on Jen. And then, sure, if she wants to put some of the blame on Whitney, because she, she seems like she would not not be able to. Yeah, it was so frustrating. And it was just giving me, like, flashbacks, honestly, to, like, Dorinda at her last reunion, where she was just unable to admit the slightest bit of wrongdoing, take the tiniest bit of accountability. And to be honest, that's actually really not fun to watch. Like someone just so out of touch with reality and kind of delusional. And up until now, I've just like been back and forth with Jen Shaw. And for me, the bathtub, when she splashed the producer and then the way she spoke to the producers, like how Vicky Gunvalson, like after 10 years, like was so nasty on the reunion. And some people were like, you know, she's been there for 10 years. She can do what she wants. Jen Shaw's been here for five minutes. She cannot do that. And it was just super rude. Yeah, I agree, but I think she's, like, a great housewife and makes for great television. And But then also when you contrast that with the next scene with her husband, when she's, like, so raw and vulnerable and she's, like, telling us everything. And I, and I think that that extreme vulnerability sort of, count like, balances out the extreme anger. I as agree. A, as a viewer, as a viewer, because I left last night's episode being like, okay, Jen Shah, like, let's, let's move on. Yeah, well, I watched that scene with her and Sharif and she was in her pajamas and she wasn't wearing makeup and she was sobbing and there was just so much she wanted to say. I loved that. And I'm like, wow, I've, I'm not used to seeing her with her guard down. Like, usually it's like tons of hair, glam, makeup, and it's like all this like protective barrier and like this attitude with her fans and it's so overt. And to me, like the scene in, in the bedroom was really redeeming and I, and I wish that we could see more of that side of her because she was just so normal. Yeah, but I feel like, one, I actually think that at the end of the day, what Whitney did was a positive for her marriage because that conversation seemed like it needed to be had. The fact that she never got a chance to tell her husband that she's mad that he wasn't at her dad's funeral. Like, I think that Jen and Sharif are in a much better place now than they were even before the party when she mm-hmm. was harboring all of these feelings. So, I, and I also am worried that Jen is going to hold a major grudge against Whitney for doing this because look at how she's treating Mary for just making a comment about the way that she smelled. Yeah, because even though they made up in the tubs, in the confessional, she was like, I accept her apology, but I don't forget. And I just can't stand people like that who keep a ledger of all the fights and people who owe you and you owe them. Like, it's just exhausting. And it's not a fun way to be friends with someone. And I'm actually really shocked that Heather is so invested in the friendship with Jen. Um, And it made me really sad to see her like so insecure in those tubs saying how she really feels like Jen would rather be friends with Meredith and Lisa, who I guess are like the cool girls. I don't know. I guess that was like the vibe that I got. Yeah, that had never come up before, but I guess it's true. Like, Lisa's the queen of Sundance, and Meredith is, you know, very. she's very posh. Yeah. And I think Whitney and Heather are... more Like, Mormon less, outsiders. Yeah, like, they're just less cool, I guess. Uh, that's not how I see it. I would want to be friends with Whitney and Heather, but I guess in society, like, even that dinner that Lisa held, yes. which honestly looked really fun um and I wish that she had invited the ladies so that we could have had like a good scene there because even though uh, both Meredith and Lisa were like these are the type of women that lift up other women these are the women I want to be around these are my real friends okay fine your real friends are boring as fuck like that was boring as fuck and it, it didn't even seem like they were their real friends. It was like a networking event. But it's like, yes. you want to talk about female-owned businesses and, like, women who are really empowering? Like, why don't you call up Heather Gay, who, like, has started this yeah. huge business, and she's just as impressive as any woman in that room. And I was really disappointed not to see Rach Parcell in that dinner because I thought for sure she was going to be there because she's friends with Lisa Barlow. She is a woman, a woman in business. She's an amazing mom, amazing business owner, and I was ready to see Rach Parcell take down the Real Housewives of Utah, and she was not fucking there. Oh my god! I'm so glad I didn't even have that thought because it would have really disappointed me. But it was 100% crushing, she soul been there. crushing. There was a there was another fashion blogger there, and I'm like, if that's it's not why Rachel, I, I was it. like, where the fuck is Rachel Parcell? That's so upsetting. No, I know, but that yurt looked sickening. No, it looked sickening. Like the, I just, it would have made for a perfect housewife scene, and I'm mad at Lisa that she didn't give that to us. But it is worth mentioning that the guy who's the manager of the Blue Sky Ranch, who opened the door for Lisa and gave her a hug, is a toaster's husband, and they were like really excited that like last night was his, was his big debut. So I wanted to give him a shout out. No, that is like so incredible. We need to go to the restaurant. I know. What is Blue Sky Ranch? Like, gotta get there. Yeah. No, it, it seemed. Very cool. So ultimately, such a good episode. Um, I think a lot of people 
like were very struck by Heather last night. Yeah. And like every every week she just like goes deeper and deeper and shares more and more and it's so interesting and she's just really and she's such a great friend and I feel I felt like I just I love her. Me too. She had Whitney's back. Her business is actually super fascinating. She's a chameleon who's the funniest one on the show with the most vulnerable one on the show. And it's not easy to be like so earnest and so funny. And um, I just love her. Yeah. So I, I really hope that Jen, Whitney, and Heather stay good. Um, and Meredith and Lisa are going to have to get into the mix. Like they're, they're just going to yeah. have to. It's a little I, too I know divided. Meredith doesn't like to engage, but she's going to have... She's going to have to engage. No, you're 100% right. Like, there definitely feels like there's this division with the two groups of women. And honestly, sometimes I even forget that, like, Lisa knows Whitney. I know. And, like, why is Lisa so so weird about Heather and yeah. Whitney? Both of them. Yeah. No, and I don't know why, like, Lisa feels like she's better than them. Like, honestly, she has every right to feel that way. Like, it's her personal business. But then don't be on a show with them. You have to be in the same group of friends of them if you want to be on this show. And honestly, Lisa yeah. has, in my opinion, brought the absolute least to the show. And she thinks that her shit doesn't stink. And she needs an attitude adjustment. Like, seriously. Yeah. And I think she's, like, trying to, like, make her own show with the women in the yurt. And it's like, no, <laughs> that's, that's not what we're doing. I mean, that's such a good call. She's trying to make her own show with the women in the yurt. <laughs> Yeah, like like trying to show us who we should want to be watching. Like, no, 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 no. I still want to. You're so. I want right. to watch Heather, Heather, Jen, Mary. Let's not forget about Mary and Whitney. No, Jackie, you're so <laughs> right. Like that's literally what she's trying to do. <laughs> that's not how it works. No, not at all. Okay. Um, to continue our housewives talk, we are super excited for you guys to hear our interview with Deandra Simmons from the Real Housewives of Dallas. She talks all about her recent trip to the hospital with coronavirus, how her mom, Mama D, is doing, and how she doesn't give a rip. And she's just everything of the sort. Jackie and I loved talking to her. So enjoy that. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We're back tomorrow with another podcast only episode, and then we're off for a long weekend for MLK. We'll be back in studio on Tuesday. Don't forget. Love you guys. Bye. Welcome back to the show. We are so excited to be sitting down with the Queen of Dallas, someone we are both obsessed with. Deandra Simmons from The Real Housewives of Dallas is here. Hello, Deandra. Welcome to The Morning Toast. We're so excited to have you. Hi, Claudia. Hi, Jackie. How are you? We We are are good. good. We're obsessed with this new season of Dallas. I have never been on this show, and I was always like, I'm just really butthurt about it. I'm like, why have I never been on The Morning Toast? So I'm glad to meet you ladies finally. That's on us. We have said, like, we've had so many of the housewives on, but we hadn't had Deandra yet, and we're so excited that it worked out that we could have you. Obviously, we wish you were in studio with us, but this is such a treat for us. Yes. We really give a rip. We give a (laughs) rip. And we want to dive into everything, but first, we just need to check in on you because you recently got diagnosed with COVID-19. You were in the hospital, is that correct? How are you doing? I'm actually doing, you know, I'm doing really well. I have good days and bad days, which I don't know if you knew my husband had it before, and he was, Um, you know, three days really bad in the the room, and then for three weeks, he didn't feel good, and I thought, well, you're just being a baby. Now I said, honey, I'm so sorry. This is not good. It lasts and it lingers, so I have good days where I feel, like, energetic, and I feel like I'm back to my old self, and then the next day, I'll be like, oh, I'm so tired, so it just takes a while, but I'm so grateful. I had a wonderful healthcare team of nurses and researchers and they were so caring and concerned about me when I was in the hospital and it was just a testament to people that their lives on the line and um, Mm -hmm. it was just a wonderful I'm telling you they really took great care of me I was in the hospital for five days and I'm so grateful to be home and uh, back to my life with my husband and my dogs and been a trying few weeks. I had an ankle replacement before that. So I went from that surgery into COVID and she's been through it, you guys, but she's out on the other side, just giving us premium content on this season of Dallas, bringing new housewife Tiffany into the fold. Can you tell us a little bit about how you know Tiffany um, before the show? We met, I guess about two years ago and we met at a fun party at one of her hotels. It was a birthday party and we ended up drinking like loads the champagne and laughing all night and taking, of course, these goofy pictures in the bathtub at the suite, which, you know, <laughs> so we acted up all night long and uh, we just like became fast friends. And I love Tiffany because she's sharp, quick witted. If you've seen Twitter, you can see that. <laughs> yes. We've seen, we've been keeping up with the drama. She's, she's intelligent. She um, is spunky. She's beautiful. She's stylish. She has all of the elements of what a house. No, you're totally right. I think you did a great job. We're loving the drama around her and Cameron on Twitter. There's so much to unpack. You guys filmed 
um, in the middle of the pandemic, and we're seeing the different pandemic uh, filmings happening all around the Housewives franchise, but it seems like COVID is not getting the ladies of Dallas down. You will not let it take you down. No, it, it did not take us down. We were so blessed, I will tell you that, because we filmed three and a half months and no one contracted COVID. That is amazing because I see all the other housewives, you know, OC and New York and everybody is having these issues. We were so lucky and blessed and we got to have a really nice, healthy, long season because we didn't have to stop. So, um, and of course, Mama D is not letting it take her down either. You know, she's (laughs) like, not getting COVID. I mean, I'll tell you what, nothing else is taking her out. COVID is not taking her out either. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, she will not be taken down. She's such a queen. I loved seeing more of her house on the beginning episode. You guys are just so fabulous. Since you said that, I have to tell you, she's never allowed the cameras in her house. And I don't think she realized that they were doing it this year. So she's probably really mad because she didn't oh notice. She didn't pay attention. <laughs> Oh my God. Well, we are so grateful that she opened her doors. I would, I just love to know more about Mama D. Like what is the life of Mama D like? Mama D is more social than me. She has a group of friends um, and she goes out to dinners. Well, before COVID, obviously she went out to dinners several nights a week. Now she's housebound and she's going crazy climbing the walls. So she has her friends over. If you saw the first episode where we were in the back with the gazebo drinking champagne and having Tiffany over, that's a regular occurrence at her house. She has her friends over. Um, She hangs out with a lot of doctors that are friends at Tiffany's. And a lot of people that work at the hospital where Tiffany works. Um, she's a patient advocate at one of our big research hospitals, the uh, UT Southwestern, which is also has the Simmons Cancer Center. My mother had cancer, wow. I think you know that. So she's a patient advocate. She spends her days working. She has about four or 500 patients that she like through from start to finish if they have cancer or a major illness, the right doctors and the right programs. And she does that all as a volunteer. So she's quite busy. Um, she loves to come over to my house. And uh, we cook together and people see us fighting on the show, which we do fight. We're very much alike, but we also have fun moments and mother daughter times. And um, we're working on some fun projects together. We just love to laugh and cut up and um, we kind of just do that in real life. We make fun of each other and we do silly things. So do you feel like being on the show um, and kind of, you know, having this very public, you know, relationship with your mom has been better for your relationship with her? I will tell you the beginning of the year, because we weren't focused on the business so much, was really great. And she saw she gave me some money to help with the business because I proved to her that some of the decisions that she had made caused the uh, downfall of the business. And she agreed with me. So, however, you know, I'm not going to tell you what happens the rest of the season, but it never goes without conflict with my mom. (laughs) Mom, And it gets real bad. I'll tell you that. I'm going to have probably a difficult time for a few weeks, um, but... I'm on a spiritual journey and we all make mistakes. And the one thing I love about housewives and most people, yes, I don't know if people would agree with me, but I get to watch myself make these mistakes and go, Oh God, you know, why did I do that? And then I get to choose whether I can correct myself or decide to continue my life that way. And I think that's something for me, it's really to use the word cathartic, which Cameron didn't know. <laughs> uh, it's really cathartic to watch me every, to watch my myself every week and go, Ooh, shouldn't have done that. Ooh, I could be better. I could be a better wife, a better daughter, a better friend. And to try to improve upon that. That's, That's such a, a really, great approach. I totally agree. And speaking of being a great wife, like I'm obsessed with your husband. I mean, everyone's obsessed with your husband, but I'm really obsessed with like your marriage. It feels like such a strong, like stable marriage. And when you guys were talking about your love languages and how your love language is acts of service, so is mine. And I totally related to that scene. It was so funny. It was so, so, so funny. Does he like filming? I feel like he does. He does. He's, um, and I didn't know whenever we started because he agreed to do it with me, but he's probably on our franchise, the only husband that really enjoys it, gets into it, um, has fun with it. And you never know what somebody's going to be like on camera if they've never done it before. And he's really taken to it. So because my husband's a photographer, so he's used to taking people and observing their lives from the other side of the camera. How was quarantine for your relationship? We're seeing on some of the other franchises that it really brings couples together, but can also, you know, drive them apart. (laughs) So how has it been for you and Jeremy? Quarantine for us was absolutely fine. We enjoy every moment together. We, we love spending time together. In fact, today he went to do a photo shoot and I, this morning he has said, 
he has to bathe me. I know he hates that every morning, you know, because of my, because of my ankle. So he's, I said, honey, I'm going to miss you so much today. And he said, I'm going to miss you too. I'll be back this afternoon. So we enjoy, we have a great friendship. And so quarantine, we were out by the pool, having drinks, being silly. We had a small group of my best friends that I've been best friends with since I was 12 and then another one for 25 years. And so we had those two girls, they live a mile from me and you'll see them sometimes on the show. They came over and we only spent time together. I had family meal because m- both my girlfriends are, are single. And so we had a family meal at night. We spent time together and that's all we did during quarantine, but um, we got closer and um, of course he had more sexy time. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. I mean, this is really like a transformative season. It is our first season without Leanne. And I know you guys had a very kind of public breakdown of your friendship, which was sad to see. Um, how are, are you had talked to her? Are you guys on good terms, bad terms? No, I mean, Leanne's not on the show any longer. And so I'm kind of just focusing on who's on the show and the girls that I, I have the friendships with. We do not, we no longer communicate. I think sometimes that these shows can have those kind of casualties and that's unfortunate. Yes. But at the end of the day, we just don't see eye to eye and we still have work. We're both very strong, opinionated women, and she's holding to her truth, and I'm holding to my truth, and sometimes you just can't move forward, and that's unfortunate, but I wish her the best, and I'm so glad that she and Rich are uh, married and happy and that she's doing things in her life that she wants to do and accomplish, and that's all I can do is wish her the best. That's very mature. Do you think that the group dynamic has changed now because Leanne is out of the, the mix? Jackie, I really do. I believe that there was a lot of fear um, throughout the group of women um, being able to emote and be able to talk about things that were bothering us. And um, in me, I was the one that bucked the system all the time with her. You know, I never was scared. I just said what I thought. And I, you know, I I took a lot of flack for that. I mean, I have Mm -hmm. a lot of people that just terrorize me for two or three years now still happening on social media. And a lot of the girls were scared because of that. However, now it's almost like this oppressive cloud has lifted. It's lighter. It's fun. It's there's shade, but you know what? It's not, somebody's going to cut your throat (laughs) and then taking it down to the like level of my God, you know, it was so dark and I really do believe it's good for the show. I'm sorry that she's not on because she has, you know, she brought a lot to this franchise. She was the, the you know center of this franchise for years. But now you have a, a time to see the other girls and see them be bold. And I mean, look how bold Stephanie is already. You didn't see that yeah. in the last four years. And I noticed that her she's coming out of her shell and I think she feels safe. So you're yeah. going to see a lot of that. And that's where I think the show's yeah. going to change. And sometimes it needs to change. And I always say, um, Claudia, I always say that there's a housewife expiration date. When mine comes, I'm happy to exit the franchise because I'm not useful to that franchise anymore and let the next person come. No, that's actually really like a great way of thinking about it. And you're right. There is a new sense of lightness and levity because everyone seems to like, of course, there's little drama here and there, but for the most part, everyone really seems to be like genuine friends who like hang out off camera, except we're seeing this kind of Cameron and Tiffany thing play out on social media on Watch Rappens Live this week. Where do you stand? Because you're friends with both of them. Yes. And I've talked to both of them in the last 24 hours and I gave them both my opinions as I do to everybody, whether they want to hear it or not. (laughs) But, and I said to Cameron, you know, look, this is good for the show. This little sparring and being shady is great for the show. Be glad you've got somebody that came out of the box strong, you know, and like has an opinion and is showing that. And I know that a lot of the, because we are such good friends and Tiffany's not, she hasn't been here for four years, you know? And so mm-hmm. they don't have the the bonds that we formed, but at the same time, I think it's great. I do. Tiffany is not one, like I said, to lay down. If somebody's going to talk about her bragging about her closet, then she's going to point out that, oh, by the way, Bravo had Stephanie show her closet the same day, which is like yeah. genius, by the way. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, oh my God, diabolical. How did they think of this? You know, know, those kind of interactions on Twitter, but it's going to be, I have a difficult season because Carrie and I fight all the time. Yeah. Well, that was our next question was Carrie. Um, You guys spent a lot of time together on the road, working together, which can be so toxic for friendships. (laughs) I I hear that. Do you think that there is a good ending to this story of you and Carrie or a not good one? 
I think that we understand each other better. I do think we got very much, it got real ugly for a while there, Mm -hmm. but, um, Carrie's business and my business are different. So, um, if you understand with my, my products, they come in boxes and they have to be packed in big boxes. Otherwise they get damaged. Carrie has a few little, you know, like trees with necklaces hanging down and bracelets. And it's a different kind of, um, set up for her. She can set up in five minutes. I have to take an hour. I've got stands, I've got displays and you have to understand, you've got to be compassionate towards people about the way they do their business and the way they decide to do their business because her business is not my business. You know, I don't yeah. tell her how to display her jewelry. It's none of my business, but Carrie likes things like this on time and wants to leave and wants to eat and wants to do it like this, you know, and she's not going to be happy unless she gets her way a lot of times. And I'm not one. If you tell me to do something a certain way, I'm going to do it the opposite way. And I'm going to shove up your ass hard, you know, because <laughs> that's me. I mean, that's just who I am. You know, no, no, don't tell me how to do something because I'm going to definitely do it the way you don't want me to do it. <laughs> so do you think you'll see a future for you and Carrie working together, doing trade shows again on the road? I do. I think that we do have to have those conversations. We haven't really sat down and said, look, this is not working for me or this is not working. I think that the best thing, which we tend to drive together in the car would be to maybe you drive yourself. I drive myself and we set up separately, which we kind of wanted to get to know each other and spend the time together. But I do think that is probably not the best thing for us to do. (laughs) Although it's entertaining on TV. Yes, of course. I can't wait to see some of that. Yeah. Well, listen, you guys are absolutely killing it on We're the We're so excited about this season. It's off to such a great start, and it's beyond a premium. Well, I'm so glad you like it. I was very pleasantly surprised to see how aesthetically beautiful the show is this year. Yes. Um, and it was shot so wonderfully, and it, they've really taken the care and concern to the storylines and to the deep topics immediately starting off. And I think people will appreciate that because that's what our nation is going through. We're going through a time of hurt, and we need to heal, yeah. and talking about these things is what we have to do as housewives on a reality show. No, that's a really, really good point. And we're so glad that you're feeling better and that you're out of the hospital back with your cute husband and your dogs. We love you. Keep being the queen that you are. Everyone follow Deandra on Instagram. You can keep up with the Housewives of Dallas every week on Bravo. So nice to finally have you on the podcast, Deandra. Guys, thank you. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you tomorrow.